It's Pride Month, a time for increased visibility for gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, asexual, pansexual, and people who identify as a gender or sexuality that has been shamed and marginalized. In this episode of the podcast, we're focusing on intersex and speaking to the author of one of the best books to come out this year, An Ordinary Wonder. Bookie Pabellion joins us to discuss binary views of gender, culture, African mythology, and womanhood. So my first question is about the inspiration behind An Ordinary Wonder, um, being intersex and African culture. Why did you choose this particular topic to be your your debut book? Ah, that is such a big question. Um, I feel as if it encompasses my whole life so far. Um, because um, in a way, everything that um, has informed who I am um, has been um, has come into this particular book. And so as far as the inspiration goes, um, one of the moments that actually, um, the, the, the particular moment that this book came alive for me in my head was, um, I was doing my MFA in creative writing mm-hmm. and, um, and I was doing, and I was studying um, African deities and African mythology, um, just as a course that I was taking as part of my um, MFA studies. So I needed to write an essay about um, African mythology and, so I sort of dove deep. This has always fascinated me. I mean, I, I, I grew up in Nigeria till I was in my early 20s before um, going to the UK to study law and then eventually moving to the US. So um, I grew up with um, Nigerian culture in my bones, so to speak. So um, it was kind of really great to go back and then really study this um, as opposed to um, as different to living it. So and. Um, while I was doing that, um, I just heard this clear voice that said, telling me this story, really insistent, really clear voice. And, um, and I tried to pay attention because I began to understand that, okay, this is really important. I need to sit down and really listen to this. And I grabbed pen and paper and started writing. And the more I wrote, the more I understood the gravity of um, of the subject matter that I was that that this that was coming to me. And then the more it became. Um, and then as I wrote this book, I mean this this was a project that took many years. As I wrote this book, so many layers started coming in. I mean, it was like it was like the opposite of killing an onion. It was like I had the heart of an onion, and then yeah. I had all the layers, and then I was just rebuilding this onion because it was so many. The book encompasses so many things. Um, you know, being intersex, being gender variant, um, being transgender, even um, being. Um, the, the whole notion of you know of religion of um, who who um, who is a person if they say this is who they are um, but the world feels that what they see is different mm-hmm. and um, uh, just and things like um, of of a, of a zealousness in 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 sometimes in religious um, beliefs and religious practices that actually end up doing harm when perhaps the intention was originally not to do any harm. Um, and all of the other influences, you know, what, what is um, 
for example, things like um, um, gendered language in Yoruba culture. How does that work? So it's so many, many, many things that came together. And a lot of the um, experiences in An Ordinary Wonder, I would have to say, a lot of what happens in there, even though it's fiction, these are all completely grounded in reality. These are all things that um, people that have, I, I, you know, some things I have personally experienced, some things I know people who have experienced them. Um, so all of this is what has come together to become this novel, An Ordinary Wonder. You are a Yoruba woman and that yes. grounds you because you carry your culture everywhere you go, which takes me back to the book and how hard it was for Otto's family to see her as a woman. So what do you think, um, what role do you think the perceptions of what a woman should be in terms of religion, in terms of culture, what do you think those perceptions played in her family rejecting her womanhood? Oh, wow. Yeah, that is such a wide and deep question. Um, because, um, I mean, womanhood from time immemorial has been, um, I mean, women have had to struggle to have mm -hmm. a voice, to have a place, to, I mean, women used to be chattel. Women still are goods in some places, bought mm -hmm. and sold, exchanged. Um, the patriarchy is still pretty strong. And that is what, in many ways, um, makes Otto's mother how she is, because she is a product of her environment. She's a product of her, of, of, of um, the, the intergenerational traumas that have, um, that have filtered through her family. So, um, so Otto's mother... Um, in order to have a place as a woman in Nigerian society, she needed to have that golden ticket. And the golden ticket is a male child, a boy mm -hmm. child. Mm -hmm. And um, this has changed to quite a, uh, a large extent um, in, in recent years. But um, in the olden days, I mean, I mean, olden days, I'm saying olden days, right up to the 90s. Um, quite recently, yeah. actually. Quite recently, yes, <laughs> you know, until uh, and even up till now, in some in some families, until a woman has had a boy child, she's not considered uh, their wife because you know when a woman marries in Yoruba culture, she becomes the family's wife. She's called our wife. Our wife has come to us. So um, so she's not their wife fully until she has produced that boy. And I have, you know, growing up, I have seen this, I mean, oh my goodness, in so many families where um, lives, marriages are destroyed, where couples that started out loving and happy um, are pulled apart because the woman does not produce this wonderful, magical golden ticket called a boy. So then um, Otto's, for Otto Loring's mother, having twins, to begin with, in Yoruba culture, is a big deal. It's a great big deal because twins um, in, in in um twins uh, they have their own deity in in, in Yoruba culture, and um, Yoruba people have the highest incidence of twins in the whole world. Mm -hmm. And so, um, for her to become a mamai beji, which means a mother of twins, was a, was already a big deal. So, in a way, she would have. Everything she dreamed of, everything she wanted would have been complete by presenting a boy child and a girl child, have, you know, in her first go around. You know, the first time out, she's done it. It's all done. 
Mm-hmm. So, but then she has Otto, and Otto um, looks, and Otto is um, intersex, quite obviously intersex, because they, um, I, I mean, and in those days, of course, they didn't, in that time and that place, they did not have the words for it. They did not, intersex, the word intersex did not exist, and there wasn't really a word for who, um, for what Otto Loring was. So, to them, she was an anomaly, um, something that should not exist. And for her mother, this was damning because this just completely, not only did she not get that golden ticket that she was supposed to have, she was now the woman who had given birth to the unspeakable. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so all of this plays into womanhood. And so it is this thing where it, it starts from the womanhood of, um, of Otto's own mother, to Otto not being to um to the mother not being able to act to, to even see Otto Loring as a woman as a as a female child um despite everything that this child is saying or trying to do to help to say mom look at me see me this is who I am and that is because she is so completely blinded in many ways by her own trauma um and and so this is so all of this plays into um into that intergenerational um, trauma that comes from um, just the, the, the roles that women are expected to play in society. And when they can, when they can or are not perceived to fulfill these roles, the, 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 the consequences and the repercussions that they suffer and how that mm-hmm. filters, out, filters down to their children and out into greater society. Last month, our journalist Alutum Benini wrote a story about Desiree, a 25-year-old woman who found out she was intersex at 19 years old. She didn't get her period, so she consulted a gynecologist who confirmed that although she was phenotypically a woman, her genetic makeup was that of a man. When she came out to the world, as expected, people hurled insults at her and denied her her womanhood. At the time, I was reading An Ordinary Wonder, which features Otto Lauren, whose family vehemently denies her her womanhood through beatings and emotional abuse. It's a fact. Most people are terrified by people who don't conform to gender roles. So I asked Bookie why she believes people want to remain binary in their perceptions of gender. Um, so uh, it's, it's actually something that um, uh, there's a point in the book and, and I'm so um, sad and so sorry that um, this young woman that um, you interviewed had to go through all of that. I hope, mm-hmm. I hope she'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, so at, at some point in, in, the, in An Ordinary Wonder, um, Otto actually grapples with that uh, particular exact question of the, mm-hmm. you know, why? Why can people just not see um, beyond this? What, why, is it so, why is it so tough for them? And, and the conclusion that um, Otto comes to and that, I, and that I wanted to convey as well is that um, th- we have, we have we, we, this is part of our sort of survival instinct as, as human beings, as human creatures, is that as soon as we encounter anything, we, our brains are immediately sorting. That is how, you know, friend or foe, should I run? Should I stay? Is this kind? Is this good? Is this bad? Is this going to hurt me? Is this... So we're immediately sorting. And the first fundamental sorting thing we do is male, female, 
No, that is the first thing in our head. As soon as we, you know, as soon as a child is born, it's it's just it's just so um, inherent to us to sort things into categories in order to know whether we are safe or we are not safe. And unfortunately, the the um, for for many people, and I and I think it, it's also. I mean, this is this goes so so deep. Um, I think it is also just that. Um, need to to be sure to have certainty we're always seeking certainty and certainty is the one thing we can never have as a species mm-hmm. but we are always doing everything we can to 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 make everything certain we want we want to know that the sun will rise from this part and will set right there and if that changes we panic so it's part of that um that desire for certainty so this so so um, Otto comes to this conclusion that what they are, what she is, basically torpedoes this human quote unquote fundamental sorting system. Mm-hmm. And for so many people, this puts them in a place where they then feel unsafe. And then they will do anything in order to feel safe again, in order to um, in order to reestablish that sense of how things should be. And so it is that that needs to change. It is that it is that um, is that fundamental thing of oh this is different. This is new. I don't know if I'm gonna be okay. That's what needs to change. Is that oh this is different. This is new. This is actually okay. So mm-hmm. we move from I don't know if I'm gonna be okay to this is okay. Exactly. So that, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And 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 just looking back, most of the questions were from men who are now questioning their own sexuality just because of her gender and yeah. that is, that speaks to exactly what you're saying about people feeling safe people feeling certain about who they are and i think someone you know kind of towing the line between female and male to them makes them question you know their attraction which is, is, is quite an interesting thing. Just a last question for you. What do you want an ordinary wonder to teach us about gender and how we should perceive it? Oh, um, I'm very much hoping and that an ordinary wonder will teach us that um, a person is exactly who they say they are mm. and that we should... Um, we should we should I mean accept seems so so not not just accept we should welcome them as they are and um, there is there is this proverb that it is a person who lives in a house who knows where the roof leaks and I use proverbs a lot in my book and mm-hmm. so that it so when a person says this is who they are we should be able to wholeheartedly embrace them because a, a human being is a human person and this you know um, um, who their, their gender is something that should not change our perception or our understanding of them as a human person you know we should be able to go in with with our blinders we should be able to go in as if we couldn't see or we couldn't as if our senses had um, as if we weren't perceiving with our senses as if we were just meeting this person another soul in a vacuum mm. so it's so we should be able to um, um you know identify with each other soul to soul 
and leave the outside alone because the outside is just wrapping and that is what i'm hoping that people will understand from on from getting to know this beautiful spirit that is autoloring and from just you know because the, what i tried to do was from the beginning um we we meet otto and we and we talk to her and we we get to know her and then as we get to know her we see who she is the person that she is mm-hmm. and then we get to see that everything else is on the outside and so i'm hoping that especially in african countries where we still have a little quite a bit of catching up to do i mean there's nowhere that is perfect yet not the us not the uk not not anywhere yeah. but in african countries we're still that much more behind when it comes to issues of gender variance so i'm hoping that we get that it helps people that people read it and first and foremost they enjoy it as a story because you know that is um that is an important thing we 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 turn to books because we want to enjoy a story but also because stories are what make us who we are it is our so it is through our stories that we learn that you know in 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 ancient times if um you know before there was reading and writing and all of that the way we taught each other was through stories everyone would sit down at the foot of that caveman and he'd mm-hmm. say oh i eat those berries from you know or you know how um this person eat those ber- those berries from that red tree the other day and then he just fell over and he died and then we're like, oh yeah we remember those red berries so everybody will remember do not eat those red berries so those our stories are how we learn and how we grow and how we become so i'm hoping this story will go out there and you know change attitudes towards gender variance towards transgender towards intersex towards LGBTQI, you know, in 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 African countries and all over the world. And that's it for today's show. I'm your host Pam Magwaza and special thanks to Bookie for her amazing novel and for coming on to the show all the way from Massachusetts in the US. And thank you for listening. See you soon.